See, we, we working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. Chase, what the fuck were you thinking about here? Welcome again to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, this is a, a podcast where we come together to discuss a film that our co-host, uh, the usual suspect Steve, has never seen before, uh, tending to be like kind of a deep cut scenario and getting him just more versed in the ways of, of cinema. Um, and then we'll also kind of break it up a little bit from time to time with like a true crime or an especially unexplained kind of weird case that hasn't been covered to death. So um, today we're covering another film. Um, this is 2001's uh, The Believer, starring Ryan Gosling. I can't remember who it was directed by. Um, I'm your host, uh, Jim G-Baby. Uh, as I said, we're joined also by the usual suspect, Steve. Steve, how are you doing this evening? Hello. I am good, Jim. Good to see you as always. Hey, can you go harder on your microphone? Like yell, talk harder into it, or like manipulate no, it? No, like manhandle hand? it like you're doing right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm trying I'm trying different things like every episode because I'm a fucking like audio stop touching it novice <laughs> so I'm trying I'm trying different like oh there you talk go. talk right next to it like this and then I, every I need time to- you touch it with your hand it gets all nerfed <laughs> <laughs> use your strong hand um, we saw a similarly sized object that would fit your ginormous cranium here you go yeah we saw this comically large hat so we figured it would fit your head (laughs) and it just barely does like you know if you ever go to a baseball game and they give away free hats or anything like that there's never been a single one that has fit me even on the last like (laughs) class Dude, that's funny because Kelsey thinks that I have a big head. I'm like, dude, I know at least three people in my life that have tremendously larger heads than I do. I was like, do you I know what size? Do you know what size fitted hat you wear? I believe I'm a. I think I'm. I, I want to say seven and five eighths, but I know that's not it. It's like it's like a fleece dick above that. So whatever above that is, like seven and a half, maybe. Yeah, because five eight would be above a half. Okay, so, so maybe, maybe it's what, like, maybe that's where you are. Yeah, I can't remember. Because I'm an eight, and I don't I don't know if they make bigger without like special ordering it. Because I've asked I've like when I would buy hats in the store, I'd ask the guy like, "Oh, do you have this in an eight? And he's like, "Maybe we might have to order it." <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That reminds me of uh, Brian Regan a little bit, like, about the spelling bee. He's like, that's good for little egos. <laughs> yes. You get something wrong, sit down in front of your friends. Uh, K-A-T-T, I'm out of here. <laughs> I know there's only one T. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh no, is this is this a new, like, uh feature of steve like the golf hat <laughs> like that <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm trying a thing 
I I'm a weird hat guy now. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. Like, someone's, he's like, I want this to be my new affectation. And it's like a, what is this old pocket watch? It's like, yeah, I'm going to uh-huh. start using a pocket watch. It's from something. Yeah, you I guys remember. ever want to, like, <laughs> you guys ever want to change your laugh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fu- that was super funny. Not just like the concept, but then when he proceeded to like try out three or yeah. four different laughs all in a row, <laughs> like he had been thinking about that for a while. <laughs> Shower thoughts with Tyler, but last name edited. Um. Cool. Sorry, man. I I wanted to get done faster, but I've been fried. We got the pool open, so the kid has just been fucking nonstop about being in the pool, and I got fucking sun. I got sunburnt yesterday too, and a little bit again today. I think. Uh, So I have that like, you know, when you first when it starts first getting warm, and you get if you get sunburnt right out of the gate, and like it can kind of like fuck with your mind a little bit too. At least it does for me. Like sometimes, like. Oh, yeah. Well, you might have some like low grade heat stress too, or something. Yeah. I had it. I had that happen one time. I was trying to dig out this like stump in my front yard, and like I had just worked myself to the point of exhaustion, and it wasn't even fully up. But I was like, "Fuck it, I've I've done enough for today. I feel fine about it." Mm -hmm. And my neighbor, my neighbor came home, and he's like super helpful, nice guy. He's like, "Oh, hey, I've got these other great tools that would." make it a little easier on you like a pickaxe and like this special little thing so then i felt like a bitch for being like yeah all right i'll use those and then i just kept going for a while and then got like this huge dutch brothers cold brew and drank it and was like i'm gonna die i felt so <laughs> i felt so just like sick oh. it's like i can't bitch out in front of jeff he's like 60 and is just a super tough dude. <laughs> so did you get, was that like a reward, the Dutch Bros, or was that to like help like rejuvenate your spirit and strength? It was kind of, it was more the latter, you know, because I could tell I was tired. I was like, I need to pick me up and I just don't feel like making coffee here. So I just went and got it. And then it just, it just made the situation so much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a terrible, even though it's cold brew and you got it cold, like, that still sounds like a terrible, like, thirst. Well, it's like, and it's like concentrated too. Uh, and I don't normally, like, I usually just make coffee at home and it's not super strong. So going and getting fucking <laughs> nitrous oxide straight into the, into the bloodstream. I, yeah, I can't even describe just like how sick it made me feel, but. That sucks. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a fun day. Uh, this is your first time ever seeing this movie, correct? Yeah, and then to, you know, for a play on on the the format of the show, this is actually a fun one because this is, uh, this is like a role reversal, so, uh, I pride myself on being a movie buff, and so Steve has stumped me with, with one that is critically acclaimed and that he likes a lot and that I've never seen, so yeah, this was a first time, uh, watch for me. The Believer. Yeah, and I hadn't seen it. If it came out in 01, I probably saw it a few years after that, but I don't know if I'd seen it since then. There were, there were a lot of parts that I just did not remember, so it was a nice little, nice little revisit. And this was one you liked 
uh, enough to like later down the road you you bought a copy of on DVD when you when you came across it? Yes, indeed. Purchased it with cold hard cash. Because this is one going back from an earlier episode. Um, you mentioned you'd let me borrow for a period of months or longer, sure. and I never watched it. Uh-huh. And I just handed it back yep. to you. I guess. Sorry, I tried. You later, you later handed me back a stack of movies and said, "I'm pretty sure you said I didn't watch any of these." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably like, six months later. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just tail between my legs. Yeah. I did the same thing though with a uh, band of brothers. I think I, I think I got through like one or two and just for some reason I couldn't, I couldn't stick with it. And then finally, I think you were like, I need that back. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I need to revisit that as well, but dude, you do seriously. Like the first, the first episode's kind of a slog and, but the second, I think it kicks it up real good, but yeah, for sure. Once you get into like three, you're, yeah, you're, you're going and there's a particularly like I can't believe you haven't seen that fucking series. There's a particularly bad fucking ass episode. It's like episode six, seven, or eight that I would you need to watch it just so I can talk about it with you because that shit is so dope. Anyway, well, and, um, and HBO is like so accessible now with Max and Go or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not like I mean back then it was pretty much just DVDs or nothing. Yeah, you'd have to find someone, or you'd have to go, like, you know... Yes, so a miniseries like that was harder to come by if you just if you didn't just go buy it, like, the whole set, like I did. Right. But Well, so I guess uh, the big question is, what did you think of the movie? Um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm of two minds of, of this picture. Um... And I think that probably has something to do with the fact that I watched it in two viewings, which maybe colored it and just like wow, my headspace. Okay. But um, I thought it was good, um, but I think maybe I was expecting a little something more, like of more substance, maybe something that was going to like rock me a little bit harder. And maybe that's me to just how jaded I am these days, the older I get. But, um, I mean, I thought it was a good film for its time and it seemed like I didn't do any research on this film, uh, which I wanted to do, but I'm assuming this was maybe this director's first few, uh, forays into filmmaking, uh, which if it was then kudos. Cause I mean, I thought it was, it was well-made and all the acting performances were good. I just, at the end of the day, it didn't. Um, I I felt like I wanted a little bit more of a gut punch from it that I thought I was going to get, and just never kind of delivered. And I also too think that like I mean, the obvious corollary or similar film to this that I was priming myself for was American History X. You know, I think that's sure. kind of impossible not to like be thinking that in the back of your head and i yeah. that for that side of it i was pleasantly surprised like i'm glad that it didn't go it didn't veer into that like ultra shock like over the top gore like um like the how visceral i guess uh, american history x is um so i appreciated that but 
I don't know. I, I'm torn on it. Like, I that's I, fair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I hadn't seen it in a really long time, and when it finished, I definitely had a feeling of that's not quite as great as I remember thinking it was when I was like a teenager and watching it. Yeah. And and it's probably kind of what you said too, coming on the heels of American History X. Uh, it, it's tough to compare those two, and I, I'm pretty sure I probably saw them around the same time. And there's a similar, there's a similar like Nazi movie called Romper Stopper. Have you ever seen that? No, I'm only, I only know it by reputation, and that isn't Russell Russell Crowe is in it. Yeah, I think it's one of his first ones. Imagine okay. American History X, but there's no uh, redemption at the end. Like there's no being a Nazi's bad. It's kind of, it kind of just ends like, <laughs> so it, it's a weird message. You know, it doesn't really have the same sort of redemptive quality that American history X or, or this one has. So it could be but, seen like it, it could be like a, a primer and, or like sure. Ex- exploitation, you know, like weird Nazi porn type yeah. movie. Okay, uh, and that that's another one I hadn't seen in a really long time, and then I rewatched it. Like, wow, this is weird. Like, it's just a weird, you know. They're just they just do Nazi stuff the entire movie, and then it ends with some of them dying. I won't spoil it, but yeah, yeah. There there were definitely things about this movie I liked, or still like to this day. I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar, but this is sort of based on a true story. I I actually did. So, like some super cursory like uh, review on on YouTube. I just tried getting a couple things. Like I always do that with like a movie I want it to like get a little bit more on, and I'll just type in whatever the movie is explained on YouTube. And I listened to that while I was mowing the lawn earlier today. It was like ten minutes, and they went into I can't remember the guy's name, but it seemed it sounded really similar to Daniel Balint. Um, so I have a, the guy who I wrote it down as Dan Dan Burrows. Okay. Yeah, when I heard it, I was like, oh, okay, that's close enough. But I, I only heard funny. about, like, the fact that he, like, the, the part in the movie where he, he says, if you fucking tell anyone this, I'll kill myself. And then he really fucking that, did that. That part life. made me laugh in hindsight. He's got his <laughs> gun pointed at this guy's face, and he's like, you fucking published that article. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Like, I'm that reporter, it's like... If I'm that reporter, it's like, oh no, you mean you'll do something which will make my article even more noteworthy? Like, yeah. oh, please don't kill yourself. I don't know if you've seen uh, Blazing Saddles in a while. Fuck, not in a long time. Okay, yeah, and we probably will not be reviewing that movie. Uh, <laughs> but there's a funny part where the black sheriff is in the town full of all white people. And he pulls his gun out and puts it to his own head. And he says, nobody move or the N-word gets it. No, dude. Yeah. I can't remember. I do. And, I can't. And, and all the other white townspeople are like, do what he say. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, but it just kind of reminded me of this. Like, don't make me kill myself. Like, yeah. Uh, that's that's the, such that's a the worst threat you could possibly make. Yeah, that's such a weird threat. But yeah, it would be funny if, if the guy... The guy who's this movie is, you know, somewhat loosely based off of or inspired by or whatever. It'd be funny if his name was like, you know, Mort Goldstein or something that was just a really <laughs> stereotypical Jewish name. Like, wow, how did we not see that coming? Yeah. But yeah, this guy's name is Dan Burroughs. Uh, he used to be a member of the American Nazi Party and also the United Clans of America. And, and similar to this, uh, 
he got outed by, I think it was also a, a reporter for the New York Times, and then shot himself in the chest and then in the head, which is an interesting choice. Yeah. And I, I get, at the time of his suicide, he was listening to music by Richard Wagner, who has, uh, I don't know if it's well-known by you or most people, but Wagner is pretty well-known anti-Semite, or at least he's got some troubling opinions on Jews back then. And I mean, mm-hmm. this was like 19th century right. stuff, you know? So, but yeah, um, if anybody hasn't seen the movie, doesn't want to, and wants like a quick rundown, basically Ryan Gosling, who he has to be early twenties, if not late teens, when this movie was made early, yeah. early yeah. in his career. Yeah. He's a young um, buck for sure. This is like, I think this is right off the heels of, uh, Remember the Titans, or shortly thereafter. I've never seen it. <laughs> Calm down. Calm right. down. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so he plays. He's a he's Jewish Jewish kid raised up in Hebrew school, uh, and then later turns into a neo Nazi, and partners up with one Billy Zane. If Benjamin were an ice cream flavor, he'd be pralines and dick. Who is like a sort of well-known, apparently fascist mouthpiece in this movie. And so Ryan Gosling comes in and tries to make, take them into a little bit more extreme direction. And uh, Billy Zane seems to put up a little bit of a fight at first. And then pretty quickly is like, all right, we can kill him. So yeah. then... Uh, he starts to have sort of a change of heart and without giving away too much just yet, we can do that in a little bit. But I mean, one of the things I really liked about this movie is you, you could just sort of see the gradual change or the softening of his character. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was corny. Like he saw one thing and it, it totally changed his perspective. And I don't know. I, I think another reason why I like it quite a bit, having seen it when I was a teenager was uh, I was, I was raised in a sort of religious household as well. And so I can remember having those, those types of conversations with religious people like, well, why, why do you believe this? This doesn't make sense. And, and literally you would get that same response. Like, well, you know, you just need to have faith. It's like, that's just not, that's not a satisfying answer for me. So I kind of identified with the, uh, sort of breaking away from how you were raised. Uh, obviously, I didn't become a full neo-Nazi, but I, right. could, I, could sort of, good. I could sort of get... Yeah, I mean, not yet. There's still time. I'm, I'm somewhat young. <laughs> but, yeah, I could, I could definitely identify with that. And then I thought there were a few really cool things that they did stylistically where they kept flashing to that scene of him like running down the stairs, sort of running away from his Jewish faith or whatever. Yeah. And then in the end, we, when we can, we can get to the ending in a little bit, but in the end it's the opposite where he's run, trying to run up the stairs, sort of trying to come back. But I think it's just a little too, little too late. Yeah. And then, uh, so they, they are involved in a hate crime where they go to a Hebrew deli and you know, they get in a fight with these guys and they're sentenced to sensitivity training where they listen to a couple Holocaust survivors. And that, that seems to really trigger 
I, th- I think the thing that is the root of his anger is it's not just that he doesn't believe in the Jewish faith. There, there are a lot of points where he talks about the Jews being weak and he, he just like disdains that weakness. Like even in the very beginning, when he starts beating that kid up on the street, he's like trying to get the kid to fight back. Yeah. He's like, come on, fucking hit me. Yeah. He just hates how they just take it, you know? And then when he's talking to those Holocaust survivors and he goes from borderline crying about how awful of a story is that guy tells about them killing his kid to pissed off. Like, why didn't you do anything about it? Uh, I, I think that's the core of what makes him so angry at, at Jewish people is that like just the weak, his perceived weakness of them and them not fighting back. And, you know, so that, I think that, I think that's also one of the motivating factors for why he kills himself. Mm-hmm. It's just, he doesn't want, he doesn't, he, he doesn't himself want to be weak, you know? And like yeah. he says, it's like, kill your enemy. It's like, well, if I'm my own enemy, guess I better kill myself. So, yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to be perceived as weak at the end or like Yeah, I I thought that was that that opening scene where he's like where he's bullying that Jewish kid on the bus and he like spots him and he's like I thought it was really weird like like how he started stepping on his feet on the mm-hmm. you know on the bus and then he's like laying into it harder and harder and just like imposing himself and he was he wanted a reaction he wanted something and like you know and then when they get out to the street and he starts like actually beating him and he's like maybe part of that self-loathing self-loathing of being jewish and you know like he's always mad that they're the victim you know like the maybe mm-hmm. victimhood is is something that pisses him off and like yeah the tur- the turning point i i think that that i agree that it doesn't, but at the same time, it does feel kind of abrupt to me watching it. I wish there would have been maybe a little bit more to justify his kind of turn a little bit. Because to me, it, it feels 50-50. Like, it feels abrupt, but not, I guess. Um, I mean, anybody, I feel like, you know, unless you're like a completely heartless piece of shit, like, would have to feel something at, after that sensitivity training where they're talking about like, you know, the Jewish father has to watch his son, his three-year-old son get impaled on a fucking German bayonet and they laugh and they spit on him. And, you know, that's fucked up, man. Like, um, so that's pretty extreme, but I wish there would have been a little bit more to show like his crisis of confidence, you know, in the, in the full, violent anti-semitic you know skinhead crew that he was running with because he seemed to be like the ringleader even like when they go into that like little diner and stuff and they're talking shit like he seems like he's getting pleasure out of that too a little bit it just sure i don't know because then it, well, when I, they when they go forward and they they start fucking up that synagogue or whatever and it shows how precious he is about like like respecting that uh that big ass scroll and like a couple of traditions and then it just starts going into him with that new chick that he's banging or that he's doing stuff with uh he he starts you know talking opening up about how much he knows about the Jewish faith and things like that it just 
I don't know. That that part, I feel like it could have used something a little bit more to like shake his foundations, maybe. But so I, maybe the, that's the just way me. I think about it. Well, I mean, I'm I wouldn't even disagree with you at all. I think I think the way I think about it is the the level of his anger towards Jewish people and the Jewish faith is like a direct inverse of his own feelings of guilt and it, it's like equal and opposite his anger is the flip side of how much he still feels pulled into it and I think like your example when, when they're in the synagogue and the other guys are just fucking stuff up he's, he's realizing the reason why he's so mad at them is they don't know why they're mad at the Jews right and in, in his mind he knows because he's gone through it he's seen them he has this resentment towards himself and them and these guys are just kind of buffoons who just want to destroy things so I think in that particular area again without getting too up, up our own asses I think that that scene in particular sort of makes him realize like oh no I'm not just mad at the Jews I'm just so mad at myself for still sympathizing and I feel like it's like a self-fulfilling or self-perpetuating you know the more he the more he sees that little soft spot come up the more mm-hmm. ang- the more angry he gets and, th- and then he starts like wearing the shit and mm-hmm. you know it's like he's, he's just going closer and closer and I did think it was really cool speaking of that uh, I don't know. It wouldn't be a flashback. Whatever that visualization is, is where he sees himself as a Nazi officer who's killing the kid. Yeah. You know, and then right before he kills himself, it flips and he sees himself as the dad mm-hmm. instead of the. I thought that was a really cool little turn. Uh, I mean, it, it's obviously not super subtle. You're supposed to see what's happening, but I just thought that was a cool transitionary. Like, okay, well, you know, now he's gone from this guy to this new guy. Right. Yeah. That, that part, uh, that part. And then the very, very end that it goes right into are probably one of my favorite parts of this film. Um, but like the very end where he's running up the stairs. Yeah. And that infinite loop seemingly infinite loop. Yeah. That shit was like, I was like, Oh man, I was glad they added. What did you think about that? Oh, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, you could take it at face value, you know, like, oh, that's just, you know, that's what the filmmaker wants you to like, see, like peer into this. Another way is like, oh, he's really stuck in some type of fucked up, like purgatory where like, he's getting what he wants, you know, like he, when he was yelling to God, he's like, strike me dead right now. Like he was challenging him and going back to all the stuff about Isaac and like those things. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe God is really just fucking with you right now because he does have power and control over you and you questioned him. So like, this is your fate or maybe, maybe that's his hell too, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. at that point, like, it's pretty hard to distinguish between purgatory and hell if that's what they were, you know, because that seems pretty hellish after, like, your 10,000th time running up the steps and hearing that guy say the same fucking thing like Groundhog Day. But, yeah, it was, that one yeah. just kind of hit me like, oh, man, that's fucked up. And I, I also liked it from, like, a the way they filmed it, like, yeah. from a, a craft 
perspective and from like a story perspective too, just like in, ha, including that in your story. I, I liked that because it wasn't too overly like, like Shyamalan, like twisty, but it was kind of like a, a departure from a movie that felt pretty grounded in reality and it felt practical, you know, like you could, you could buy this as reality and then it hits that point and it. Sure. I liked yeah. it. And yeah, I did too. And we've talked about before. I really don't like those overly ambiguous endings that, that just leave you completely unmoored to argue about it forever. Mm-hmm. But this one, I feel like it, it, it is slightly ambiguous because it's like, okay, is this, is this hell? Is this like a weird purgatory? Is it neither? Is it just sort of like, you know, when, when you die, they say your life flashes before you, your eyes. Is this sort of like a weird reconciliation thought he's having right as he's dying? But one thing I think that's interesting is uh, the, te- the teacher who's there talking to him, you could make the argument that, I mean, the, the teacher's basically telling him there's nothing up there, you know, so whatever you're doing is pointless. So that could lend itself to that just being like his personal hell, living that over and over and over, trying to get back to god or whatever but just never getting there mm-hmm. or if you think about it like a purgatory where the teacher is trying to like if you imagine you're going to be stuck here until you figure out you know the path back and if it's the teacher who's like hey i'm trying to talk to you to help you sort of reconcile your thoughts to get you to that next level and he just keeps walking past him over and over and over again that's kind of a cool thought too. Like if you were to just sit and talk to him uh, and sort of hash that out, that like disagreement that they had, who knows if it would lead to like some kind of enlightenment or whatever. Cause right. I, don't, I don't know. A, I don't know a whole lot about uh, Jewish, you know, dogma or whatever, but from what I understood, they don't believe in, in a hell per se, mm-hmm. but I think there, I think there is something about like, um, punishment like for wicked people with a with an with the ability for reconciliation or something i i don't know Mm -hmm. if that's the case for sure but i feel like i have heard something like that so yeah and i just i thought i just had before i forget it is how fucked up would it be because i kept thinking like he keeps running up the stairs like it's like stop it's like after the second or third or fourth time, you'd be, you'd be like, okay, this is something fucking weird. This well, I'm in a time loop. I'd want to like test it and do a bunch of different hypotheses. What if I stop on like the third step and I try saying something to him? Or what if I get up right on the landing and I talk to him and be like, is this just like a robot and it's only programmed to say one thing? Or, you know, I'd want to go into it. But I just thought of what if part of that like purgatory or hell is to like wipe his memory every time he goes past that dude so every time he just thinks like this is the first time i'm running up these stairs and that's that person so it's like a hell that he's not even aware of and that just keeps it's like that's kind of a a scary a weird thought to think about you know but and that that i agree and that would lend itself more to it being this is his personal hell without really much of a chance for redemption if he's just going to make the same mistake over and over and over. And right. it's also sort of symbolic of, like, he's trying to come back. You know, he did the right thing right before he died, but 
it's kind of just too little too late. You yeah. Know, that's kind of the vibe that I got where it's like, you're trying, but sorry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that part is super trippy. I didn't, I did not see that coming, but um, I guess getting back to more like the beginning and, and my uh, initial thoughts on it too. Like I remember thinking at least three or four or five times, I was like, I don't know what they're trying to do with this. Like, I'm like, what is this? Like, especially those like fascists headed by Billy Zane and that chick Lee, whatever her name is like Leah Monroe or whatever the fuck her name was. Yeah. Morbius or Mobius, whatever it was. Um, Oh yeah. No, you're right. Mobius. I was like, who are these people? Like, what is this group of fascists? Like, it just seemed really foreign to me, but, um, and like how quick, even though like, you know, they were like Ryan Gosling's character, you know, you know he is well-spoken and articulate, but he also sounds kind of like a fucking goon at the same time too. Like he didn't say anything overly like snappy to me. Um, but they, like certainly, how, just, uh, they certainly warmed up to his ideology rather quickly because yeah, like you said, they kind of just seemed like, a group of, and, and I agree with you. I don't really see a contingent of people advocating for legitimate fascism without the racial aspect of it. Who knows? They might, they might be out there in the fringes. Um, you're fucking retarded if that's you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he comes in and is like, I want to make this all about race. And they are like, we don't want to. And then he says a couple little zippy liners, and then they're like, who do you want to kill? You know, it does, yeah. seem, it does seem like a rapid. Oh, and also, it's one of my favorite tropes of all time when the lady sits down and is like, are you a police officer or involved in any other law enforcement? It's so funny to me that people think <laughs> that's a thing. Because guess what? They'll just say no. Yeah. They're allowed to lie to you. You're not allowed to lie to them. So don't ever, if you're buying drugs, getting a hooker, whatever you're doing, God love you. Don't think that if you ask them point blank, are you a police officer, that they can't just lie straight to your face. I don't know yeah. how that became so popular. Yeah. But it, it's, it's hilarious, and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> yeah, if you really wanted to get to the bottom of it, you'd have to, like, braise them and, you know, go into the bathroom and make them strip and make sure they weren't wearing a wire or something like that, you know. But outside of that, yeah, they can just lie right to your face. Um, yeah, I thought it, too, like, before that, they were like, well, what's your solution? What, what, what do you want to do? And he's like... Uh, I want to kill Jews like right away. It's like, okay. Yeah. This is, this person is mentally unstable. Um, and then they asked him to go strangers. Yeah. It's like, I was like, man, this is really like weird. And it's like taking off. And it's like, this guy's a hardcore, like Nazi, like skinhead. And like, yeah, he talks a little bit better than what you would expect from someone like that. But still like, I don't know that, that that whole assemblage of people and like how he kind of starts trying to do things is like it just seemed weird. Yeah, and maybe that shit's would, out there. You but. would think that because the, there are definitely the like goon type of yeah neo Nazis or whatever, and then they're 
there are those who probably consider themselves more like Ryan Gosling, like the the intellectual white supremacist or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't really imagine those two groups enjoying each other's company because the guy, you know, the guy's like, man, the Holocaust never happened. And then he's like, yeah, it did. If it didn't, why are we looking up to this person? Like, I can't imagine those two types of people would get along. Right. It, it seems like strange, strange friendship. Yeah. And then, and then and I, yeah, when they went out to Hitler Youth Summer Camp or whatever that was, that seemed like a strange yeah. group of people as well. Yeah. You know, uh, watching this movie, like, there, I think there's a better movie than this, but it's not, it's not a one-to-one kind of uh, comparison, but there are like neo-nazis in it and it's it's more a little bit more theatrical but have you ever heard of or seen uh green room green room no with anton yelchin rest in peace um i think it's from i think it's from like 2015 2016 it's it's ranked uh, or it's classified as a horror film but it's not i mean it, it it's pretty scary and it's intense and it's kind of in your face, kind of like a, not quite like a torture porn class classification, but it's got some of those elements kind of like a saw film, but really off to the side. I mean, it's just got some, some really visceral gory parts, but um, it's more of like a, like a stress, like a thriller. Um, but it's it's really good. It's about this punk punk band that they're like you know traveling around, living out of a suitcase, traveling in their van, just trying to get gigs and playing shows. And they somehow stumble across you know like the opportunity to play at this place that's like a neo Nazi like front and like like a academy kind of thing of sorts. And they put on shows, and one thing leads to another, and it's like a fucked up situation, like having to. I don't want to give any away, but there are neo-Nazis in that film, and it's definitely more theatrical, but it just, uh, and I guess maybe it's not a fair comparison to The Believer, but uh, it's the only thing that I've seen outside of, like, American History X, I've heard of Romper Stomper, and, you know, this movie now, The Believer. It's the only other thing dealing with, like, Nazis and how they kind of go into that ideology of what they're all about, uh, and, like, a modern semi-modern setting um i think you would like it because it's a little bit more like just like foot foot on the gas like thriller action with like horror elements that's that you would probably like but yeah actually after i talked it out it's not it's not a fair comparison to this but like that i enjoyed a lot more um but that's probably just personal taste thing but i mean i did like some of the the meditation stuff that Gosling's character and like like his crisis of faith and confidence and like his back and forth how he's how he's torn between those two worlds is interesting and I think it's good that they don't they don't really show him doing anything too super fucked up to where you to where like you can't redeem yourself yeah or like where you can't sympathize with this character like I didn't f- find myself like oh man I feel so bad for this fucking guy but at times I was like damn that's like you know that must be weird having that that kind of constant internal struggle because you can see he has like 
like it seems like true admiration for the Jewish faith and the Jewish people. Like when he's like the importance of, of those texts, when those other goons are trashing that synagogue and how he brings it home and his love interest expresses interest. And he knows all this shit about like Yom Kippur and when you're supposed to eat and then when you fast and like, you know, all these little things like he, he, you could tell he knew all kinds of details and was respectful of them. And so I, th- I just thought that was an interesting take. I didn't think it was going to be like that. Like, I thought he, he was going to do something and he was just going to get up to, into a fucked up situation and die. Like, I didn't I didn't realize that it was going in that direction where he's actually, like, you know, thinking about his Jewish faith and how, and how strongly he is connected to it. But at the same time, not wanting to appear weak or like a victim and, and railing against that. So, um yeah, I like I like that aspect of the film, but I guess at the end of the day, it just n- not enough about it to me was like this is a good film, like or this is a great film. Um, I thought it was decent. And looking at some trivia yeah. now too, I, this is this director's first uh, his this was directorial debut, so I take that into account too. Like I think it was really done. It was made well. I liked the way it was shot too. It didn't seem like there was a lot of cuts. Um, it almost in in certain uh, sequences, it almost felt kind of like found footage. Like the camera wasn't perfectly like on a dolly, like and smooth. There were some scenes like where you're walking and you see Ryan Gosling walking, and it's like shaky. And there are like one shots where he like it swings around, and you can see they didn't cut the film at all, and they went right into like a long conversation scene. And so from like a craft standpoint, uh, I I give this uh, this film kudos too. But yeah, at the end of the day, it, it just didn't. Didn't yeah, like that's interesting. I never, I didn't notice that, but yeah, you're right. That is, that is kind of a cool thing about it. It's funny. Imagine if you were raised Catholic and you grew up and then later, you know, disavowed it or whatever. And then someone found out like, well, you were born Catholic. It's like, yeah, well, I'm not anymore. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I think with the Jewish and the Nazi, like that, those two worlds, conflicting it's like i can i felt the pressure like i felt like what he felt when that guy says well i'm gonna like i'm about to print this in the paper and like this whole persona he's been you know crafting for however many years to be in like this neo-nazi like i hate jews and i'm i know all about them too like know your enemy and all this stuff then then to be confronted with like that pride with the fact that like oh yeah well you're a fucking jew and i'm gonna tell everyone about it like i yeah. i definitely bought his like uh like where where it seemed like he was with that information and like how like he was like i'm gonna fucking the kill panic. myself if you do that yeah like all those things yeah well because you're gonna lose you're gonna lose all credibility with the only group of people you care about so that's got to be pretty devastating yeah i mean because it's like that's who he is you know that's like it seems like that's that's his entire personality that's everything that he's been you know immersed in that defines him as a human so oh yeah one thing before i get uh the fucking what what's the chick's name that he is with summer Summer Phoenix. This is this uh, sister of. Yep, it is. Okay. Yeah. 
Dude, how fucked up is she, though, dude? Like, she has some problems when she's like, her and uh, Gosling are coming together and they're like, you know, you know, kissing on her neck and like, they're about to get down and she's like, she's like, hurt me. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, she's a psycho. Yeah, and then the next morning, like, he comes down for breakfast. He's, like, buttoning his shirt and shit, and she comes around the corner, and her whole left side of her dome is yeah. just bruised. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. And then later on, too, like, when they're about to get down again, he, like, they're having this, like, moment, you know? And it seems like... Because at that point, she's, like, asking more and more about the Jewish faith, and, like, she's... It seemed weird, like, is she trolling him right now? Or is she trying to, like, get a rise? Or, like... I didn't know what her motive was, but then it, it, it seemed like she was, like, genuinely interested. And, like, maybe she was trying to, like, pull him out of this extreme hatred for the Jewish. Because it's like she could see, like, oh, you, you have respect for this culture and, and this religion. You have, So maybe maybe was she trying to draw him in or soften him up a little bit more? But either way, there's a point, too, where they're about to get down. And she's like, I want you to hit me in the fucking face. Like, when they're like being all kissy and shit and i was like oh man or she's like punch me in the face like out of nowhere yeah i i didn't really care for her character at all if if i'm being (laughs) honest yeah but i think i think it's what you're saying i think she could tell i think she could tell you know he's he's into this more than just research you know this is something that's sort of it has a, a place near and dear to him so yeah she i think she was trying to like get him back into because even in the beginning she's like what's wrong with jews you know she doesn't really she doesn't harbor any of the same kind of hate that he does so as she's getting more into it she's like let's light candles and you know just kind of getting him more and more back into it yeah and then that at that part it struck me too he's like no don't light those he's like you have to eat first and then you light them because it's yom kippur if he's like you do that you're fasting you can't eat you know like he knows all these little you know all the little peccadillos and everything but i just thought it was weird like her character and their whole like family thing it's like how i guess like accepting or like just like oh yeah he's a like a hardcore neo-nazi skinhead they're like oh okay you know it just it just seems so weird and foreign i'd be like who the get the fuck out of here i don't want to have anything to do with you you know and she was just like i don't know it just seemed weird i mean i mean unless unless that's what they were really about but they just couldn't do that as their public you know public facing agenda yeah, they're, that that whole group's kind of thing felt weird. Like a, I don't know, as a plot device or... I, I was reading too, like, I guess this this was made pre-9-11, but it was released as a film after in 2001. I think a few months after 9-11 happened. And I was trying to think, you know, like, as cliche as that sounds, or I guess as cheesy. I mean, the world was different. Uh, pre nine eleven, and this is coming from someone who pre nine eleven, I was like fucking twelve, you know, and thirteen. So it's not like I knew what was going on, but to me, the world—I mean, there's a distinct change um, in like a a variety of facets and different ways. How, at least the my American experience growing up has changed since then. So maybe that plays into 
like the mood of this film and like the things that are going on in it. We're, Maybe, uh, we are uh, not, we're not heading down a conspiracy road. of No, 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 related. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, no just like, uh, the, because isn't, isn't your email address? No Jews died in nine 11 at <laughs> gmail.com. Cause they all, you said that they all got uh, an email that morning to not go to work. Right. Cause it was all a big conspiracy. No, I I am not a believer <laughs> in that. That um, was a that was a very delayed no. Um, what what did Bush say? He's like, uh, it's an absurd insinuation. <laughs> <laughs> Underwear. Uh, did you her. see uh, just re- You see just recently when he was talking about Russia, and he's like the totally unlawful and unjustified invasion of Iraq. I mean Ukraine. Dude, yeah, I and saw then he's like, dude, and then classic Bush, he's like, seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I saw someone made a meme of it, and they were like, "He's still at it." Like, <laughs> it was, it was funny. As funny as something like that can be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I guess just maybe like the the idea of like. Um, you know, these pockets of, like, splinter, like, factions of, like, you know, like, how laughable it seemed like, like, this academic guy, Billy Zane, and this, like, you know, assemblage of people that, like, yeah, we're gonna push fascism, you know, like, post 9-11, and, like, where we are now in the world, you know, it, it, it seems, like, completely laughable, you know, like, they're unrealistic that this would this kind of group of people would exist and, and have like be seemingly so like cogent and articulate and think like, yeah, this is a, a a worthwhile venture to like promote fascism and things like that. But the more I think about it, you know, maybe in the mid nineties, late nineties, that's not such a wild thought, you know, like, I don't know. That's where I was coming from, I guess. Well, like you're saying, this was, 20 plus years ago and i don't know about you but i mean even just like in the last 10 years it feels like people throw the term fascist around oh yeah with such with such reckless disregard for the actual definition it's it's just like a hand grenade term that people right. like to use it's like call, calling somebody racist or whatever that it back then there probably were more fringe people who agreed with the the political the actual political ideology versus now where everyone just throws it around to anybody they don't agree with right but yeah it, i mean it certainly was a different time it's it's crazy to think about another thing that struck me too while i was watching this i thought of the film kids have you ever seen kids i haven't i've i've heard about it okay yeah i, I, I won't go into fucked up and there's like an aids rapey thing and yeah it, it feels kind of similar similarly shot like in the way that how I mentioned, like this at times, this kind of felt like found footage light uh, in some in some spots at least, not the whole movie by any means. But um, kids is kind of like that too. It's it's almost like you can't tell where uh, the acting ends and the reality begins, kind of thing. And it's it found it it seems almost kind of like documentary or documentary found footage styley, but it doesn't go full bore into that. There's definitely like shots, you know, that are cut and it's like, okay, I'm watching a movie, but it, it, it feels like, like a little, 
like gritty. It's also takes place in New York where this is. And like, it kind of has that, that flavor Two completely different films. But I remember like 30, 40 minutes in to especially the beginning where he's following that, that one, uh, Jewish youngster on the bus and is fucking with him. That part. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh man, this feels kind of like kids. Um, but I think kids too is equally like, you know, it has some really fucked up parts. And so there's, there's some more crossover there too, but definitely a, a different movie. Um, yeah, I guess after talking this, talking about the believer, like I, I, the discussion, I feel like bolsters my opinion kind of like if you like break apart something and talk about it a little bit more, like the things that it espouses, uh, I suppose are, make me like it a little bit more now, I guess, after talking about it. Well, and I, I think kind of like, I know we definitely talked about it during the prestige, but it's probably true of a lot of movies. When you rewatch it, it might have a different sort of vibe to it. And I can't imagine you would ever rewatch it in the next like five years, but who knows? Maybe if you do revisit it one day, you'll kind of have a different sort of lens on it, knowing what you know after the fact. I did think there was one, one thing for sure I can think of that kind of rubbed me the wrong ways when they went to go assassinate that guy and the guy who has the sweet swastika lip tattoo. Yeah. He sees the little sash or whatever that is and, and mm-hmm. realizes he's a Jew and tries to kill him and he shoots him and then he disappears. That guy just doesn't go immediately back to the huge summer camp group and be like, hey, you know this guy who's been hanging out? Like, we need to get him. He just disappears. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that part was weird. Like when he when he comes back into the picture, I was like, eh, I don't really care for that because you made it seem like he was maimed or left for dead or he just took off and was like, well, fuck this. But then yeah, for him to come back and like he's the shooter, I was just like, eh, I don't, well, I don't even, really like that decision. If you're, if you're Gosling in that situation. I would never go back to that group of people because even if he didn't come back, you know, word did. So what's to stop them from you? You show back up to the group and they just kill you immediately. But when he's talking to the redheaded guy on the bridge, he's like, any sign of uh, what's his name? Like, yeah, no, he's just he's just gone. Like, and now haven't seen him. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't Who? Think that's weird. Or... Dude. Yeah. Uh... Uh, other than that, I, I can't really think of anything that was like, hey, I don't know. I thought that guy, that like little redheaded nerd n- Nazi yeah. with the glasses, that was like the bomb maker slash hacker guy that seemed to like yeah. have a hard on for Gosling or was like wanting to be his like right hand man guy. I thought he yeah. he had a look a couple times. Like I thought he was gonna find out that he was that gosling was jewish and he tried to kill that other dude i thought he was gonna like stab him or like throw him off the bridge towards the end there like i was like oh mm-hmm. i wonder if but that that plot line never uh yeah he materialized. certainly seemed to look up to him after he kicked the shit out of that meathead guy oh yeah the big fucker yeah that scene was cool just from like a pure like dude like beat down moment like it was cool to see like a younger like a little like a gangly underdog type dude just fuck up this meat-headed mm-hmm. piece of shit. Um, I, I did really like that, the scene in the deli, too, because when they're asking him, like, it's just an interesting thing, like one of these weird little religious discrepancies that 
I, I could I could certainly identify with because you're you're talking to somebody and you're like this thing that you believe in it doesn't make sense like the the meat and the milk thing and the cheese or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like just admit it. It's stupid. It's like no, I'm not going to say it's stupid. It's like well, you know, well then we can't even discuss it at all. But then when the other guy comes over with a stick, his yeah. name's Steve. He's like oh Steve's got a stick. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. So pounce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just got to that point in season five of my rewatch of uh, uh, Game of Thrones. I remember you saying that and I was like, what? I don't remember that part. And then sure as shit, it was, he's like, turns on, so pounce. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> baby back bitch. Yeah. Uh, Man urinates on fellow passenger for not being allowed to smoke. What was that? That's super long, ridiculous, inappropriate bump that I just played. Yeah, what is that from? I don't remember hearing that. I do. I just caught it. Caught it in the the filter of the the internet, and I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I'm glad I watched The Believer, though. All in all, even though like I didn't enjoy it the way I anticipated or the way that ultimately I, w- I wanted to, I mean I'm I'm glad I watched it and I I can't remember I already forgot now the the points you made earlier but uh, you said something like I don't know the, within the first twenty minutes about like his kind of internal struggle struggle that was uh, very cogent and. Mm. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it made me. I was like, oh, yeah, I, that was a super good read on it, and it makes it 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 makes me enjoy the film a little bit more. Like thinking about, you know, like well, I I think having seen it before and kind of knowing where it's going, when you're watching it through that lens of, I mean, the, the kid's struggling the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. his whole his whole life basically since I don't know how old he was in school, like ten or whatever. But he's been he's been dealing with this and why? How old are you? Ten? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, you you just see the the duality of the way he feels about it. You know, it's like the softer he gets, the more angry he gets, and it has like a a flywheel effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think of uh, you. Still, you have never seen Full Metal Jacket. I have, yeah. Oh, you have. It reminds me of the part where he's the guy, the like lieutenant is fucking with Matthew Modine's character, Private Joker, and he says, "He's like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean?" And it's a peace sign on his helmet. And he's like, "I don't know, sir. Something about the duality of man, sir." Like, <laughs> and he's trying to explain like this shit to this just hardcore fucking military sergeant doesn't give a baker's fuck about what he's talking about you know or wants to know it just that was kind of funny you know to him because he's like this intellectual and then he's in this like chaotic fucking like hellscape where he's he has to choose between life and death every day kind of thing um and like this dude he's like in the believer he's wearing his heart on his sleeve he's wearing fucking full big ass red swastika shirt just like downtown New York like walks right through two black dudes and just fucking like 
chicken wings, both of them coming down the stairs. Like what? Like that's the part where I felt like I wanted something a little bit more um, that made more sense to me that he would start to turn away from his neo-Nazi fanaticism because like at the beginning, like he's pretty balls out, like, you know, like I want to kill Jews before he has that crisis of confidence. He looks like he's down to do whatever in the fuck. And his, and his, again, as fucked up as that story that, that, uh, that old Jewish man tells to him about having his three year old killed right before his eyes. Like as fucked up as that is like hit, the, how far gone he was as like a character like where he was at that point as a neo-nazi i felt like it needed a little bit something else to knock him off that path that he seem, was seemed to be going down but that's yeah probably i don't know i just i kind of i kind of just see it a little bit differently like even even at the very very beginning when he's fucking with that kid it's like he's looking at a younger version of himself and that's that's pissing him off yeah. yeah. So I think, and he, he kind of always looks like he's on the verge of tears when he's getting <laughs> angry, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he does. That's a good point. Do you have any other, uh... Do you have any moves? I'd like to see you incorporate them. Trivia no. or interesting no. anecdotes about this film? No, not really. I mean, it kind of just, it is what it is. <clears throat> I guess I have I have a couple points that I we already confirmed this is the directorial debut of Henry Bean in two thousand one. Um, it says this was the grand jury prize winner at Sundance Festival in January two thousand one, uh, and then it got a it got bought by Showtime uh, in two thousand two, and then was finally released theatrically in New York in a limited run in two thousand two. So, yeah, it looks like what a real about when, when, uh, underdog of a movie. The, the female Holocaust survivors telling that super heart wrenching story about one of the guards like wanting to rape her, and she won't do it, and so she kill he kills her sister, and so then she does it. And that one fat Nazi is like, who don't want to fuck her anyway? Yeah. What, what an asshole. Fucking sack of, <laughs> you sick sack of swill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy sucked. Um, uh, due to lo- the film's uh, low budget, the crew could not afford permits, and many scenes had to be shot quickly. So maybe that lends a little bit to like the found footage style quality of this film. Like they were like some of it was legitimate, you know, out of necessity filming like guerrilla style. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense then. Yeah. I like that. That gives us some character. Um God, and that was twenty years ago. I can't even imagine how, how much more of a pain in the ass like the permitting process is for filming like in new york city yeah that stuff seems nuts like like all the the background shit that you'd have to do for a film in a major fucking city like that sounds like a nightmare like getting everyone like you know from craft service to like transportation and like this and that and fucking equipment and yeah sounds nuts can can you imagine trying to do filming like that 
in that like sort of gorilla hit and run style with a guy who's walking down the street wearing a swastika t-shirt like dude in downtown new york city people are like what the fuck yeah yeah that the filming of those scenes must have been pretty pretty fucking hairy for sure yeah the only the other thing i could think of was like in um die hard three Yes, Die Hard with with a vengeance <laughs> when when Bruce Willis is walking down the street with that fucking shit and I I can't even remember what sandwich board. Yeah, I can't even remember what it said, but it was like so fucked up. Like even I though that's Bruce just, Willis, you know, like I that'd be a pretty that could be weird to film. I, I thought it just said I hate N words. Is that what it was? Okay. I thought so. And yeah, and they were like like broad daylight downtown new york like yeah i'd be even if i was bruce willis and you can like clearly tell that's bruce willis i'd still be scared um yeah yeah i i thought this was a good it was a good film i probably won't watch it ever again though um i don't blame you i i think i think there's certainly a level of nostalgia that probably inflated its quality in my mind, mm-hmm. but but yeah, I stand by it. I I enjoyed it. I probably won't watch it for the foreseeable future. I mean, if I if I hadn't made it clear uh, talking about it, I, I mean, Ryan Gosling is uh, a standout in the film for sure. I mean, he's, he's the focal point and I think he nails it. Like, uh, like just from a acting perspective, like he's got a lot of like, there's at least a few long, like longer soliloquies that he has to fucking spout off and like the energy that he has in the film. And like, um, like I, I bought him like as having that, that struggle and then, and him, being such a hardcore like neo-nazi at the beginning and then i mean even though i would have liked to see more uh from the story side to like in my mind justify his leap back to like um like respecting his jewish tradition and, and turning back to it seemingly um I, I still bought like you know his respect for the religion and like when he sees his old friends you know and like you know he's talking to them and uh, and then at the very end when he's uh, what do they call it davening davening like specific uh, yeah, Jewish like prayer that. yeah all that kind of stuff like like the Hasidic Jewish stuff is like is pretty interesting to me because I know it can get I know they get into like some wild shit too like fucking like number theory and like and like you know weird weird connections almost kind of getting into like like a really like metaphysical kind of angle and I remember I watched this movie have you ever seen Pi like the oh yeah the, Oh yeah. yeah, that whole side plot where they the Hasidic Jews come in and they they notice that dude Max and they start that whole I would yeah. I wish they would make I wish that part in Pi I wish they would have opened up the aperture on that a little bit more and like and gone into that because some of that shit was kind of really interesting to me and weird and scary. But yeah, that was a very very cool movie and even it's funny you mention it because even watching this today. There, I got like a, a little whiff of pie when they were talking about 
how the timer shitted out, you know, 13 minutes before it was supposed to go off and 13 yeah. is blah, blah, blah. Cause yeah, there's, there's definitely a more mystical sect of Jewish. And like you said, the Hasidic and then there's Orthodox and you know, it's, there's, there's quite the, uh, the spectrum. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm pretty, they do have some interesting, uh, beliefs. Yeah. I mean, growing, growing up in a, growing up in a Christian quote unquote household, uh, they, they look at the Jews as like an older sibling because obviously it's two separate religions, but they still sort of, there's like a weird, I don't know if it's like admiration or respect, you know, because everything from Christianity comes from Judaism, but Judaism stops at Christianity, right? Because they don't believe in Jesus or anyway, but there's, there's like a, there's like a weird admiration that sort of goes one way and not necessarily the other. Yeah. That's a good, so, so I've always been kind of aware of that, but yeah. Yeah. I, the religious stuff. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. I, I went to a Christian school for a few years out of like necessity and then another, and then I bounced to like a, um, it was mainly like, like evangelical background. And then I went to another one that was more Baptist. And then I went to one for like a half a year that was a seventh day Adventist. Do you know anything yeah. about Adventist? Yeah. I went to one of those for a couple of years. Oh, really? Crazy. Yeah, they believe in some wild shit too, man. Adventists in in particular. Um, well, they they can. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like anything else where there's a spectrum. Because I know some Seventh Day Adventists they they don't allow dancing or like you know like some of the more hardcore ones. But mm -hmm. the school the school that I went to that was a Seventh Day Adventist school. It was pretty normal. I had a teacher named. Miss Wrinkle, when she was old as shit, played the, <laughs> played the accordion. So, it, was, it was quite the eclectic group. But. Yeah. But yeah, I also went to a Lutheran school for a year, and then uh, more or less regular Christian schools. And yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of range out there, that's for sure. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I point of me mentioning that is uh i had a pretty limited understanding of like like you know most kids going to a religious school they like grew up going to church and sunday school and so when i came into it in like you know sixth or seventh grade i felt like uh like a total outsider because i didn't know all these like basic like like the story of enoch or whoever the fuck uh and this and that and they're like oh isn't yeah that like a, isn't that like a mormon story or i don't know i'm just throwing out i'm just grasping <laughs> or like you know the story of job or uh you know uh fill in the blank like they'd be like we don't know we all we all we all remember in the story of this and that you know and the kids are like they're like nodding their heads like yeah and i'm like what and like, you're just I, looking around like I can't wait to steal your fucking lunch money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like even so, like Jewish stuff is even more foreign 
to me. But what you said about, you know, like the one way, but not necessarily like looking at it uh, the same way back makes sense. Um, like in my limited understanding of like Judea, the difference between Judaism and Christianity. Um, it's all very interesting, but also, well, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Christian at the same time. It's kind of like Christians and Mormons, right? So Mormons added on to Christian stuff. So they, they look at Christians as like their predecessors, but Christians look at Mormons, like they're whack jobs who added to what we had, which was perfect. Right. So it's kind of like, uh, they think of it as derivative, whereas the other side thinks of it as this is um, what led to us. But yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole other deal. Yeah, I think last thing I'll say about religion that I think the thing that to me that where I was just like, uh, I'm not gonna be a religious person, you know, or I'm never gonna ever give this any kind of credence or power over my life is once I learned like all the d- different denominations, like you know, like Lutheran versus. Pentecostal versus Methodist versus, you know, they're all groups of men and women that have like, it's like, oh, this is the way I interpret it. And like, I get to make the rules and like, okay, this is what they believe. And that at that point, it just seemed to me, I was like, oh, okay, this is all just theater. You know, like people are making things up as they go along and like, you know, the more, and a lot of people, it, it was just really superficial. And like, people look at like God and like going to church on Sunday is like my insurance plan. Like, I'll, yeah. If, like, yeah, I don't we, believe, we would, I don't buy that. We would call those people just in casers. Like, well, yeah. you know, if I'm, if I'm wrong, oh well, but if I'm right, well, it's like, well, that's not a great justification. But you know what's scary is, You've got all these different religions, all these different sects, all these different shoot-offs. Wouldn't it be scary if just one of them was right? <laughs> like, how frightening is that? Yeah. but Well, to me, that's the more fucked up part and I, that I've thought about, too. It's just like, if, if you're going to have this, like, all-knowing, all-powerful, you know, God that's in charge of this religion and, you know, and... I'm the gatekeeper between eternal life and not, and it's it's this one thing that you need to believe in. Well, that's chicken shit. Like that goes against all your, you know, your all-knowing, omnipotent, loving nature. It's like you wouldn't you wouldn't put people into that fucking game, you know. That like, it just that kind of trickery to me would would like undo itself. You know, like it would it would mean that that can't exist. Well, it, it kind of sounds like you agree with Danny in this movie, actually, to bring it full circle that God is not a all loving, yet all knowing, loving father figure. In that scenario, he is like a tyrannical bully, which is what the the root of the conflict in you know this character's mind comes down right. to is recon- reconciling like the the story like the story of Abraham that they keep going back to over and over is this a story about testing faith or is it about establishing power mm-hmm. you know so yeah i mean i don't necessarily think that's like god is just a bully you know and that he's that he does these things for XYZ. I'm just saying, 
if that were the case, I think that that would undo its reality. Like it would, it would, that couldn't exist that way. So it's like you die and you just, it's lights out. You don't know what the fuck's happening. If there was a God in like the most generic way that you could think of, like, like regular God, that's like cool. And he's not going to fuck with you. Like he wouldn't do that. Like you, he wouldn't like, like force you into this, this super narrow lane it's like oh if you don't get here through this channel then well fuck you you know like i just choose not to believe like that's what happens and if it is then fuck that then it's like that's not something i want to be a part of anyway you know like part of me like as as hard as it said as it sounds to like say i just hope nothing happens when i die the older I get, I'm just like, by the time I get, if I live to be super old, it's like, I probably want to check out anyway. And the more I think about just like nothingness and like, not to get too crazy here, but like before you were born, that whole thing, like yeah. you don't remember mm-hmm. that. It's like, when you go, you're not going to remember it either. And, maybe, mm-hmm. and to me, like the older I get, I kind of find comfort in that idea as maybe morbid to some people as that sounds like i'm no, i don't i don't think it's morbid i get it so anyway i don't know why i went off on that tangent but um it's because we watched a religious movie um yeah so on a scale on a scale of one to six million how much did you like this movie oh boy just kidding it's a joke Uh, if we were going out of 10, I'd say, uh, you got to give it a solid B minus. Don't you dare. I was going to say like seven, three, I give this a 7.3 out of 10. All right. Well, I'm not really a big fan of out of 10 rankings though. So, um, what about on a scale of one to 200,000, the actual number, <laughs> don't answer that where do you put this out of 10 uh probably like 7.5 okay maybe like 7.9 nine. <laughs> <laughs> 7.9 so if, if if somebody was grading generously they'd bump it up to a B yeah I can see that I don't know especially at a from 2001 there were there was a lot of good films made that year so um i think i give it a little bit more credence because i think it uh based on that roster of of films that were put out that year i think that's a testament to like this film's staying power that it was able to catch on and, and like find an audience and um i mean it's got it's pretty got a got a good prestige. It's got a seven point one on IMDb, and it did win the you know the Sundance Film Festival award, which got it noticed even more. So, yeah, but I probably wouldn't watch this ever again. Never say never. All right. Well, uh, that was our review. My first time watching The Believer. Um, from 2001 if anybody else has questions for us or wants any comments about this film uh what's your take on it you can email us at wax at waxing the uh reach out to us on show- socials at instagram waxing the porpoise and twitter at waxing the porp um 
if you're so inclined, check us out on, uh, if you listen to us on iTunes or Spotify and you want to uh, rate and review, uh, we would welcome that and greatly appreciate it. Um, any last words? Oversized Greg Norman golf hat. Uh, that's going to play really well to the audio listeners who can't see my hat, but uh, no, no, I don't think so. I felt like I was pretty descriptive of the hat, of said hat. <laughs> yeah, but you got to see it. Um, <laughs> let's see, what, what could we potentially be talking about on our next episode? Are there any other movies that you've added recently or thought about? recently like oh shit i haven't watched that or that sounds cool <clears throat> i have a list going but it's mostly like popular movies that i haven't seen and i don't know if if we want to s- kind of steer away from those and as far as like deep cuts i guess i don't really know what i don't know so i mean right. i could send you the i could send you the list i have but it's it's stuff like et you know uh <laughs> a- Aliens, like just these super, super mainstream movies that everybody has seen that I just haven't, like Godfather or... Right. Well, at the so, end of the day, we can, we can talk about whatever the fuck we want to. I think, you know, if we stick to like the basic format of like, you know, this is a deep cut, you know, but every once in a while, it's like, fuck. I know for sure there's, there's going to be one of these times where I want to get like loaded and talk about... Um, Lethal Weapon 2, you know, or maybe do like a watch along <laughs> to it. It's like, that just sounds like fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not against, you know, like, like if something comes out, like in the future, you know, that looks like super badass, it would be fun to talk about. I'd be totally into that too, but. Like the new Top Gun? I've heard good things, man. Been hearing good, good things. It looks sick. I saw the preview, uh, the other day and I was like, dude, that actually looks dope. Like yeah. the flying scenes, like the shit that they can pull off now. Um, yeah, I want to watch that bad. Dude, it's so funny. Like everyone in my wife's family hates fucking Tom Cruise, like with a passion because he's a fucking psycho and a Scientologist nut. But um, it was funny. My father-in-law, he watched, have you ever seen Edge of Tomorrow? with no tom cruise i think it's from like 2014 uh-huh. it's pretty interesting it's pretty wild bill paxton is in it is that the, a, is that the one where he like dies yeah it's like groundhog like day yeah it's kind of like groundhog day kind of thing going on. i heard it was good it sounded good i thought it looked dumb and i was like i'll never watch that and i i happened to catch it and i was like oh fuck this was this is a fun is it, ride is it pretty good yeah that's solid it's it's got some really cool action. That chick that's in it, Emily Blunt, is badass, um, and she's hot. So that's fun. Um, yeah, it was a good flick. And Bill Paxton's in it too for like twenty minutes. That's pretty. He's got a cool role. It's like a. It's like if Chet from Weird Science like straightened up a little bit and actually joined the army and was a lifer. That's kind of the character <laughs> he plays. Um, but anyway, my father-in-law he watched it and he thought it was like super dope. And I was over at my in-laws house and he's like, he's like, Oh, did you guys hear the new Tom Cruise 
it's called Edge of Tomorrow. I just watched it, and and my mother in law, and she's really short. She's like five foot, and my father in law is like six five. She like looks. She's like looking up at him and like patting him on like the top of his thigh, and she's like, she's like Ben, Ben. Nobody here likes Tom Cruise, and he was just instantly like he was like kind of bummed. Like I looked at him, I was like. I was like, I was interested. I'll, I'll check it out, you know, like in my head. But like the mom was just like, no, we don't, we don't talk about Tom Cruise here. And like the dad was like, all right. And he walked back and sat in his recliner. I was like, I was like, what? Just defeated? Yeah. Super defeated. (laughs) Is this, Uh, is this the, the, uh, I got it on disc. Yeah. Yeah. I got it right here on disc. (laughs) Um, hell yeah. Yeah, anytime I went over there, fucking stacks of DVD, burned DVDs on top of the TV, like, on the, the end table. Like, you go to set a drink down, and it's, like, DVD coasters everywhere. Um, but, yeah, that new Tom, the new Top Gun does look super dope. All right. Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look here. Let, let, let's try the, the randomizer again and see what we get. Um, do it. Okay, so we got option three, which we've kind of neglected at this point. I guess this is so outside of a movie or outside of something of the unexplained nature. Uh, this, this really could be anything. Um, and I, I had five placeholders for, like, you know, an, a potpourri option. One would be, so places... Just in general, treasure hunting, ghosts, death in the afterlife, or uh, your profession of choice, uh, or you know your stock and trade these days. Is that something you would want to talk about, or should I try and randomize yeah. this again? No, are, let's, you, are, let's do are that. we ready we've for kind that? Of alluded, yeah, we've kind of alluded to it a couple times, so we may as well just get it out there. Okay. Do you want to explain just real quickly what what that'll be for next week or? Nope. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, Next week's episode, uh, we'll be discussing uh, Steve's vocation uh, currently. And so that should be fun. Sound good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us uh, again. Uh, This has been episode eight on The Believer. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Take it easy. Bye. Chase, what the fuck were you thinking about here?